Sarcoma Insight. Sarcoma Insight, this is our destination for education for both benign and malignant tumors. All right, welcome everyone. Today we are discussing chondrosarcomas. Uh, this is the beginning of our cartilage tumor section, and it will be uh, subsequently followed by other uh, cartilage tumors. Of course, last episode, uh, we uh, discussed biopsy staging and grading as, and what that process is when uh, someone does get a biopsy, how to primarily work someone up uh, and what the steps are. And when we grade people from a low grade to a high grade tumor, which will come back as part of this discussion today. Exactly. Yeah. And this is all part of the information gathering stage. So the biopsy is where you collect a tissue sample uh, and the grade is determining how active that lesion is. And that's determined both from a combination of what you see on the biopsy and on imaging. And then staging is seeing whether or not that tumor has spread elsewhere to other sites or metastasized, as we like to say. So great. Um, and I think that we wanted to start by addressing a few questions that we've had. We've been very excited to see that we've had some listeners who have commented on some of our social media pages out there. So we've had uh, some recurring questions from listeners, which have been excellent. And we're so thankful for everyone's support. Um, so uh, I think one of the questions that has come up is how often we'll have episodes. So easy one. You want to. Yeah. And I, I think we, we're shooting for three to four weeks on average. And the reason for that is based on uh, scheduling uh, for us, as well as some of our guests, when we start to have them as uh, we will have our first guests uh, coming up uh, soon. There has been a slight delay between this episode and the previous one, uh, primarily because uh, I had <laughs> severe allergies this season and sounded like Darth Vader, but, uh, but yes. Uh, so three to four weeks is our goal. And then uh, in terms of guests, uh, another question was, will we be hosting guests who are also um, part of the treatment team? So not just orthopedic oncologists. Yeah. So yeah, no, absolutely. And we're very excited to have our first guest joining us for our next episode that we will be recording soon. And that will be Dr. Alicia Kemp, and we'll talk about her again at the end of the episode. But we're very excited. But we'll have other people as well that we would uh, will plan to get involved, such as the radiation oncologist, medical oncologist, etc., uh, as appropriate based on our episode topic. And we'd love to continue to encourage our listeners to send in any questions and comments uh, to our social media pages. And um, without further ado. I think we can go ahead and get started. So we always like to start our discussion with a very simple question, which is just, what is chondrosarcoma? Let's describe what, what the lesion is. What are we talking about today? What is chondrosarcoma? Chondrosarcoma is a malignancy of cartilaginous tissue. So it's a cancer of the cartilage or it makes cartilage tissue. Um, chondrosarcomas are the second most uh, common primary bone tumor, second to osteosarcoma. Uh, some people might also include um, multiple myeloma in that list. But uh, I think since the focus is chondrosarcoma today, I think it's important to, to even go just a little bit into um, into what cartilage is. And, and I think it's important to highlight that we are discussing um, the conventional chondrosarcoma, uh, as there are many different uh, subset of chondrosarcomas that can occur. Um, 
like, uh, you know, Clarissal, Mesenchymo, D-differentiated types. But the goal of our discussion today is the con conventional chondrosarcoma. Chondrosarcomas can be uh, primary or secondary. Um, secondary meaning that they can arise from a benign lesion. And we'll talk a bit about this at the next episode. And uh, they're uh, estimated to occur at a rate about uh, one out of 200,000 with approximately somewhere between 800 to 1,000 new cases annually in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think you covered a lot of uh, good points there. What this is, again, cartilage, this is what you're going to be hearing all episode is the word cartilage. Um, and again, we're, we're talking about, this is a series of episodes that will be talking about different types of cartilage tumors. And this is the malignant or cancerous type of cartilage tumor that we're talking about. Um, and then you talked about the incidence as well. This is rare, but in terms of uh, primary bone tumors, it is one of the more common ones that we will see. Yes, and um, cartilage in itself, uh, I like to describe this as, for those of us who eat meat, uh, chicken, or sort of the the um, end of your ribs, if you eat ribs, is sort of whitish uh, color is usually <laughs> how I like to describe cartilage. Um, yeah, it's that shiny white end of the bone. Um, if if yeah, if you eat meat, so yeah. I'm sure we have some vegan and vegetarian uh, listeners. <laughs> yes, which is okay. <laughs> Just completely okay. And a uh, uh, question for you, Elise, is uh, yes. who um, who gets diagnosed with chondrosarcoma uh, generally? Yeah, um, and that's a great question. We always like to know kind of what a typical patient would be who would come to the office with chondrosarcoma. Um, of course, anyone, this can affect anyone, but more commonly, uh, it affects older adults, typically over the age of 50. And it's pretty rare to see in children or adolescents, but generally it's people who are in their uh, second half of, of life, who we would say uh, are the typical patients that come in with chondrosarcoma. In general, it's pretty balanced in terms of males to females, but there seems to be a slight male uh, predisposition that we've seen in some of the literature that's out there. Uh, and some of the patients who we might think would be at higher risk of having a chondrosarcoma would be those who have a um, hereditary disorder like Olier's disease, which is when you have multiple enchondromas, or Mifuchi syndrome, which is enchondromas uh, in association with hemangiomas as well. And enchondromas, we'll talk about both of these kinds of lesions, enchondromas and hemangiomas, we'll talk about in greater detail in future episodes. Um, enchondromas in particular, we'll be talking about next time. So this is an early preview of what we're talking about in our next episode. Um, but these are mm -hmm. benign cartilage tumors in the bone, but they can transform and become that secondary chondrosarcoma, um, like you were talking about, where it occurs in the setting of a benign cartilage tumor that's present. And a hemangioma is a uh, typically a benign tumor of blood vessels um, or composed of, of blood vessels. So that's the other kind of tumor that we see with that Mifuchi syndrome that I mentioned. So, And then the last uh, hereditary syndrome or 
that we uh, typically talk about as potentially having a higher risk of that transformation from a different cartilage lesion would be at multiple hereditary exostosis or MHE. Um, and this is a disorder where patients have multiple uh, osteochondroma. So these are growth that occurs on the side of the bone. These are benign, but they can transform into a chondrosarcoma. And again, we won't go into too much detail right now. Uh, these are the patients who are at, at a higher risk of chondrosarcoma. But anything to add uh, to this part, Izu? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was that was pretty uh, sort of thorough in in going over that. And this is, I believe, a good topic for us to begin with in chondrosarcoma because, unlike some of the other uh, cancers that that we do treat, um, uh, chondrosarcoma is special in some ways. And uh, one is the uh, treatment algorithm, algorithm or approach is uh, relatively uh, straightforward. There is uh, some debate, uh, and we'll talk about that uh, in a bit. But along with that, chondrosarcomas have uh, some of the best survival rates for sarcomas uh, at five years and ten years, and and I think this is uh, something that's that's very good about the topic, and we will uh, discuss some of these um, in the next few minutes. So, uh, at least where where in the body do chondrosarcomas occur? Yeah, so um, this can again this can occur in any bone. Um, but the more common bones that we see this in are the axial skeleton. So uh, that's like the pelvis and the spine. Um, these are the bones that are located more close to the center of the body. And then the proximal appendicular skeleton. So that's the part of your arms and legs that are is closest to the center of your body. So like near your shoulders and your hips. Um, other areas that we see this in are your ribs and your sternum. Um, and places where this would be rare would be the hands and the feet. So again, these occur typically closer to the center of the body and are less common away from the center of the body in the hands and the feet. Though, again, it, this can happen anywhere. So there's definitely not an area where this has not been seen before, but it's helpful to have... Um, an idea in terms of the locations where this is more common to occur. Yeah. And, and you can definitely imagine how problematic these can start to become, especially when they're in more axial uh, locations. Yeah. Um, and so the, when a chondrosarcoma does occur in an axial location, for example, the pelvis, uh, we're generally more worried about these being high grade and some of the older literature has suggested that uh, the tumors in this location can behave more aggressively. But it, some of the recent studies that have looked at margin and used that to um, differentiate between the uh, uh, treatment and successive treatment of these patients suggests that if you get a clean margin and get the whole tumor, then these patients can still do just as well as those with a clean margin treated in other locations. Um, and so what I mean by that is, is that if the entire tumor is removed, then you can kind of use the typical survival and expectations that you would when you see this in, in the arm or the leg, for example. Uh, and so part of why these may appear to behave more aggressively in an area like the pelvis is because it's a 
three-dimensionally challenging area to operate on. And so some of the older studies just may not have controlled well for whether or not the tumor was removed uh, in its entirety or if there was maybe a small positive margin in, in one area. And so we'll move on. We, we've started to talk a little bit about what the patient looks like who comes into our office with chondrosarcoma, but what, uh, what are the, some of the symptoms that a patient with chondrosarcoma might present with, Izu? Yeah, um, so we talked a little bit. So usually adults uh, somewhere, you know, around or over the age of 50. Um, and some of the more common things that people present with will be local pain and maybe some associated swelling to the area of, of the tumor. And for most uh, chondrosarcomas, uh, they are generally slow uh, growing and it's often an indolent process. Um, and when this occurs uh, and when it grows slowly, that uh, sometimes portends to a better prognosis because it's more likely to be a tumor of a lesser grade. So. Um, whereas uh, there's a chance that a higher grade lesion could be um, more likely to have increased turnover um, and uh, and cause more problems. Right. Yeah. So like uh, in the future, we'll talk about osteosarcoma as a comparison that's more often high grade. So that generally is a pretty rapid onset of the same symptoms, pain and swelling. But for chondrosarcoma, it can be a little bit more insidious because it's more commonly low grade or less active. So it has more time to develop and grow. And we started to touch on this a uh, little bit already and just a little bit about treatment options as well as interventions for, for patients. And you, you talked a little bit about negative margin surgery. Uh, before we get into that though, can you give us uh, some sort of rundown of the uh, process for a patient who would come in uh, with a lesion concerning for chondrosarcoma. Right, yeah, and this harkens back to our last episode uh, talking about biopsy, staging, and grading. These are always the, the first steps when we see a patient with uh, a tumor, concern for a tumor in our office. Uh, and so chondrosarcoma is one where uh, biopsy may or may not be done depending on what the imaging shows. This is an area that I don't know if I want to call it controversial necessarily, but it's just not always as helpful because uh, you have to get a very specific part of the tumor in order to tell what the grade is. And especially with the lower grade tumors, it can be harder to tell uh, the difference between like a grade one chondrosarcoma and an enchondroma, for example. Um, so a biopsy may or may not be done. But uh, if there is a concern that this is a chondrosarcoma based on all of the information available, then uh, staging is important. And so part of that is getting complete imaging of the area of concern with x-rays, orthogonal views of the entire bone that is involved, uh, and potentially an MRI or CT as well to be able to um, look at it in greater detail. And then to see if the tumor has spread to other sites, uh, a CT of the chest is obtained. And this is to see if the chondrosarcoma has spread to the lungs, because that is the most common site of metastasis. And can you touch on a little bit about what 
what someone would see uh, on an, the x-ray or imaging findings on the x-ray as well as the MRI. Yeah, and um, we'll probably talk about some similar features in the next episode with enchondroma in terms of things that are consistent between all cartilage-based tumors. And so this will have some of the same features as an enchondroma, but it will look more aggressive. So it will have uh, popcorn calcifications in addition to uh, endosteal scalloping where it looks like it's eating away the bone from the inside. It may even be breaking through the bone. And this is things that you would see on x-ray or even the CT scan as well. And then on an MRI, uh, cartilage is full of a lot of fluid. So this will look very bright or white on the T2 sequence of the MRI. Um, but again, have some of those other features that you would see on x-ray and CT as well, where it's eating away the bone. And there may be lytic areas where there's a hole in the bone on that x-ray or CT as well. These are all things that would be concerning for this being a cancerous or malignant process. Yeah, yeah, I completely, completely agree. And I think um, to follow up on that, so this, so we've, once you've done it, you know, your staging, um, and, you know, potentially a biopsy for grading. And if you do, if if the decision is made to not biopsy, at least prior to any sort of intervention, uh, the tumor removed is also uh, evaluated by the pathologist uh, for a final grading uh, process. Is that correct? Right. Yeah, exactly. So a sampling may not be done of the lesion ahead of time just because it can't give you a it may not necessarily give you a perfect picture of what that is. So the grade isn't usually determined definitively uh, until the time of surgery, if that is part of the treatment, which it is uh, a majority of the time. Um, but uh, at that time, then it will be sent to the pathologist reviewed under the microscope and in combination with the whole clinical picture and, and uh, imaging features that are seen as well. What about chemotherapy or radiation uh, for for patients with, with this diagnosis? Is that something that's considered or often um, not done? Yeah, and that's a good question. Uh, and so uh, we've, we've mentioned surgery a lot already, and that's because this is one of the types of uh, bone sarcoma that is typically treated with surgery alone, and that's because this is a kind of tumor that typically does not respond well, unfortunately, to chemotherapy or radiation therapy. And again, we'll specify that this is when we're talking about central or conventional chondrosarcoma specifically. Um, but there may be a role for chemotherapy or radiation therapy in select circumstances. But in general, surgery is the treatment of choice because it's uh, unusual for it to respond to those other types of options that we typically incorporate in our multidisciplinary care. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, to summarize again, surgery definitely and chemotherapy and radiation maybe depending on the case. Yeah, and I think that's what we have right now. Uh, the mainstays, uh, usually surgical intervention being the most important, having a, a negative margin surgery, so having an area of normal tissue um, that's removed uh, surrounding the tumor. So the tumor itself is removed completely. Um, 
some other sort of, uh, of recent research is being done to look into various biomarkers uh, that that might be um, uh, increased uh, that might have increased activity uh, in chondrosarcomas uh, that have been uh, studied. Uh, you know, sort of isocitrate uh, um, uh, dehydrogenase or uh, Indian hedgehog, and uh, all of these uh, different markers could serve as potential targets for uh, therapies, targeted therapies or immunotherapies down the line. But those are not currently uh, being widely used, uh, so uh, I think the the options that we've discussed are are the are the mainstays for right now. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, targeted therapies are definitely the future of, of cancer treatment um, for a lot of different diagnoses, and we're getting there for some t- tumors. But unfortunately, we're we're it's still pretty early. Um, for chondrosarcoma, but hopefully one day in the future we'll be look, listening back on this episode and realize that we're out of date, and that's what we're we're all hoping for. But there's advances all the time. Great. Well, a patient's been seen in the office for chondrosarcoma. They've been worked up. They've have their grade, their stage. They've had their surgery or other treatment. Uh, then what happens after that when a patient is coming back to the office for surveillance? after they've had treatment? What does that typically look like? Yeah, so surveillance uh, for this uh, will include a couple things. One is uh, looking at the local site, so the area where the tumor is, whether it was you know around the hip joint or the pelvis or the humerus. So local imaging to that area, which is usually done via uh, x-rays with orthogonal views, but for anyone with a sarcoma diagnosis, we did talk about sarcomas having a predilection for metastasizing to other areas, specifically the lung. And so, uh, it's, it, so imaging the lungs uh, is a very uh, common way to follow um, these patients uh, when being surveilled. And this can be done um, mostly with x-rays, the CT scan of the chest. Um, the follow-up and the follow-up uh, time period and timetable is often based on the final grade uh, after the surgery. And so for higher grade patients, it's more important to follow them closer um, for longer. Uh, whereas with the lower grade patients, we're starting to find that you do not have to um, uh, follow uh, low grade patients for as long as we do patients with high grade disease. you have anything to add to that? Um, no, I think that's great. Um, I, one thing I'd mention, and, and we'll probably say this in future episodes as well, but of course, patients should know that uh, if they have any concerns that come up in between or before they have a scheduled visit, uh, like new pain or, or any concern around the site or a distant site that seems similar to how they presented with their original tumor, they should definitely call their office and let them know and come in sooner. You don't have to wait for that scheduled appointment. If you have a concern earlier, then absolutely call your physician and uh, get in to be seen as soon as possible. Wow, what an amazing point. I mean, that's very important. I think that, you know, I think empowering the patient is very important. and, And I think it's part of our sort of mission and goal with uh, this podcast, but also being able to, um, I think that patients are able to tell when something's not right or different. Uh, and I think it's very important that, that they voice that. Um, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, great. So I, I think we'll move on to kind of our, our last question or our last topic. So um, this is an important thing to discuss because uh, this is definitely high on, I think, our patients' minds when they first come into the office even. But well, let's talk a little bit about survival in patients with chondrosarcoma. You mentioned this a little bit at the beginning, but let's get into a little bit of the details for that. Yeah, so um, chondrosarcoma probably has some of the highest um, survival rates for a lot of sarcomas we treat. And and I think it's, it's, it's mostly uh, reflective of the grade. So in terms of numbers, uh, the overall sort of five-year survival for someone with chondrosarcoma is uh, 75, approximately 75%. Um, but we do know that based on the grade, uh, this is much higher. So patients with um, a grade one diagnosis. Uh, so this is, uh, again, just to remind everyone, the grade of the tumor uh, is determined by how active the tumor is, how many mitoses are going on, how cellular it is. And this is a histologic um, analysis that provides the grade. And with the higher grade tumors, the survival, uh, unfortunately, uh, becomes uh, lower at five years. Um, if there is metastatic disease, so if there is metastasis to the lungs at the time of presentation, unfortunately, that uh, is uh, that also decreases the survival at five years uh, for for patients. I think it's very important to talk about survival, but I, I do want to touch on one thing, which is that you know, for for every patient, although the survival. Uh, itself is judged as, you know, numbers of percentiles. For each patient, I think our goal is to make them 100%. And so um, although 75% is the number for each patient, it's either 100% or not. And and our goal as orthopedic oncologists to have as many of our patients um, have that survival at five years and longer. Do you have anything to add, Elise? No, I think you said that uh, very well. Um yeah, no, this is something that we take very seriously. And, you know, I think we all get very close with our patients. And obviously the the biggest goal for all of the cancer patients that we take care of is for survival. Um, but then function as well is important. We want the patients who do survive to have a great quality of life. Um, and so that, those, are, those are our highest uh, missions in terms of the patients that we're taking care of. And that's why it's an individualized discussion as well, though, in terms of what what your goals are. And if for every patient, it's going to be a little bit different because surgery and treatment can look a little bit different for each patient based on what um, what the patient's goals are also. Yeah. And so with that, I uh, would like to probably uh, summarize some of the salient points from uh, today's episode. Yeah. So I'll start with a couple. Uh, so chondrosarcoma, uh, is a malignant tumor of cartilage. This is our first episode talking about different cartilage-based tumors. And this is the cancerous version of cartilage tumors or malignant tumor of cartilage. Um, but when we're talking about this as a malignancy, while it is rare overall in the general population within primary bone cancers or malignancies, this is the second most common one that we see after osteosarcoma. Yeah, and and we know that chondrosarcomas, especially the conventional kind, uh, can be uh, uh, resistant to chemotherapy uh, or radiotherapy. 
And that's why surgical intervention plays such an important role in being able to get a negative uh, margin surgery uh, for the patient. And uh, I think the last thing I'll mention is just that biopsy may not be part of the workup, but the grading will be done uh, at the time of surgery when the uh, tumor is removed. I would like to say uh, that it is important to note that every patient's case is unique and treatment for each diagnosis is dependent on discussion with your team of physician and your treatment teams. Uh, if you would like more information, please feel free to check out the links uh, attached to the episode description. Um, next episode, we'll be discussing uh, enchondromas with Dr. Alicia Kemp. Uh, she'll be our first guest. We're very excited to have her. Um, yeah, I think we've both known her for several years now, um, and we're we're so excited. Uh, we can't wait to get some of her insight on enchondroma. She did uh, some great uh, speaking and research on this while she was in fellowship, and uh, she'll have some really valuable tips for us and uh, information. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Sarcoma Insight. If you enjoyed the episode, um, please feel free to uh, hit subscribe. And uh, follow us on uh, Instagram or Twitter uh, at Sarcoma Insight Podcast. Sarcoma Insight.